0: millennials want. Independence, work-life balance, recognition. When studying the latest generation to enter adulthood, psychology professor and author Jean Twenge came across some surprising findings. In this episode, she talks about how and why millennials are changing the meaning of individualism in today's society. I'm Audrey Hamilton, and this is Speaking of Psychology. Jean Twenge is a professor of psychology at San Diego State University and the author of the best selling books Generation Me and The Narcissism Epidemic. As a consultant, she advises companies and organizations on the differences between generations the boomers, Gen Xers, and millennials. Welcome, Dr. Twenge. Thank you. Millennials, what makes them different from
1: previous generations? What makes them similar? So let's uh, talk about some of the differences first. So um, millennials tend to um, have very positive views of themselves and are very optimistic about their expectations for their lives. And they're more likely to say that they're above average um, compared to their peers. And they uh, tend to score higher on um, other measures of positive self views, like self-esteem and even narcissism Um, at the same time. They um, are more tolerant and less uh, prejudicial than previous generations, so they support same-sex marriage at a much higher rate than other generations, for example. Uh, And some things we're doing right now, they have a much um, more egalitarian view of gender roles Mm -hmm. compared to what, say, boomers did um, when they were young back in the 1960s and 70s and um, of course not everything is going to change over over the generations millennials are just as likely as uh, previous generations uh for example to want to get married and have a family they're similar in in uh, you know a lot of their goals and values but there's also some fairly distinct differences in the way they see the world and they tend to as a very general rule, um, be more focused on themselves and less focused on things outside themselves compared to uh, the way uh, boomers and Gen Xers were at the same age hmm.
0: and as you said, they do tend to view themselves positively. It, can you explain a little bit more about this finding it, you know is it related to upbringing is it society in general what, you know what is where is that coming from
1: yeah so the the positive self views um, more than likely are rooted in the cultural movement toward more individualism. So, in cross-cultural psychology, people talk about um, countries like the U.S. being very high in individualism, more focused on the self and less on uh, social rules and the society, compared to a culture like Japan, which is less self-focused and has more uh, rigid social rules and more uh, focus on um, the uh, on, on others, basically. So. What I'm trying to look at as the big picture is how has the culture of the U.S. changed over time. And the theme that really comes up over and over is that individualism has increased. Um, and it's not just this generation. It shows up in uh, across people of all ages. It shows up in our language use. So. Uh, One of my favorite recent studies, we looked at the Google Books database over time and found that the use of I, me, and mine increased while the use of we and us went down. But the biggest Hmm. change was in you. Uh, The use of you actually quadrupled all the the second person pronouns. So um, you think about that in a book, if you're reading a book and it says you, it's much more individualized. It's the author having a conversation with the reader and and it echoes some of the self-help language. your best life. So um, this is a trend that really goes beyond just the millennials. They reflect um, this trend so much because this is the only world that they have ever known. So that's mm-hmm. that's why I call them Generation Me, because they have never known a world that put duty before self.
0: Hmm. And as you mentioned, I, this also plays into the idea that more recent generations are more tolerant of others is it more because they just realize that every person is an individual and they're able to recognize that i'm curious what your research has shown
1: yeah that's exactly right um and you know at, at, at this point that connection is a little bit more theoretical than, than some of these other findings hmm. in general if you look cross-culturally individualistic cultures uh do tend to be more tolerant um, but there's not as much work on that as, you, as, as you'd expect, so that's something that's kind of an area for, for future research. But in terms of the trends over time, it's very clear that there's much more gender equality, uh, racial equality, equality based on sexual orientation. All of these things have um, increased um, in, in our culture in the last 50 years or so. Um, just enormous amounts of, of change, you know, things that used to be taken for granted as social rules um, are, are no longer. And many of those um, changes are, are really beneficial in that they are treating people as individuals rather than um, members of groups, that you can see someone as for who they are rather than saying, well, you're a woman so you need to do this, or you're gay so you can't get married. Those attitudes are not as accepted anymore. Um, and that's one of the most positive things about this uh, cultural shift toward, toward more individualism. Hmm. I'm curious, and
0: I don't know how far back your research goes as far as generations, but it, it seems like things are moving faster, and that social change is moving faster. Do you it, it, comparatively? I'm talking about hundreds of years. I mean, are we are we looking at in the last fifty years or so a, a more dramatic shift, or is it changing uh, slowly, more steadily over time? You know, I think it it, it depends on
1: the on the particular trait or or attitude, Um, you know, it it varies. So I think for for individualism, there's been um, a lot of other authors who've made this case too about individualism increasing, and at least one uh, says it's pro- individualism has probably been increasing in Western nations since the Renaissance, but he, he argues that that uh, really took off, really accelerated beginning in the 1970s, and that's certainly what the, the data seems to look at too. Like some of those Google Book studies, that's when a lot of those, these changes really mm. took place. Um, but it 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 really does vary a lot. A lot of the generational changes in terms of um, these. Positive self views, they happened in the nineteen seventies and nineteen eighties, and then have leveled off. Same thing for some of the increases in anxiety and depression. But then there's other areas, say like. Um, equal rights for um, gays and lesbians or equal rights for women where there was a lot of change in the 70s and then again we had a, there was kind of a plateau in the 80s and 90s and then since just since 2000 there's been more change mm. so there's some interesting patterns it's not always completely in one direction there's times when there's lulls in the progress or lulls in the in the trend but we're definitely living in a, in a time now shaped by technology and these things which, which may be accelerating cultural change. And mm-hmm. I think that's another great area for future research too, is to find out you know, which eras have the most change and you know, have things really accelerated. Mm-hmm. Why
0: is it important for companies and organizations to understand the characteristics or the personalities of their employees and you know, the generational differences that come into play in the workplace?
1: It's, it's really crucial to have a view of um, which differences among those young workers that you're seeing, which of those are really due to generation mm-hmm. and which of those are due to age. Because you can look at those young workers and you can think, man, I never did that. I never showed up late for work but really, you know, really? (laughs) Is that really true? I'm sure you probably did. And you probably just have this rosy view of the past. So what we really need, um, is to try to find data that compares these young workers now, um, to what young workers used to be like, say in the 1990s or in the 1970s. That'll show us if it shows if there really are generational or time period differences, or whether it's just due to being young or due to your memory being faulty or some other thing. So, um, some uh, business school colleagues and I um, started looking at this recently, and we, we were able to find an overtime data set going back to the to the 70s that asks a bunch of great questions about what what people want out of a job, um, how central they think work is to their lives, um, all all those things that managers really want to know about um, this young generation and what motivates them. And we were able to look at that really in depth and take age out of the equation because everybody was the same age in this sample. They were all about 18 years old, um, so either entering their careers or gonna do so in a few years after college. And the biggest difference that we found was in work-life balance or leisure values that um, Gen X and especially the millennials were much more likely to say they wanted a job with more vacation, that was more flexible, they thought that work was gonna be a less central part of their lives. Um, so this, this all suggests Um, you know as just as one um, uh, thing that managers really need to understand that this uh, uh, generation that they're seeing in the workplace that, yeah, they'll uh, they'll do good work for you, but they really, really crave that flexibility and they want to be able to have work-life balance and be able to have their, their lives outside of work as well. Uh, and that was a reasonably big difference. That was more than uh, half a standard deviation because there's been some skeptics who have said, oh, you know, yes, there's some differences, but really, you know, they're pretty small. Well, that half a standard deviation, that's enough for twice as many to say that having a lot of vacation was uh, really important. Mm-hmm. So that difference at the average multiplies into really, really uh, big differences when you, when you look at the top and the, and the bottom of the distribution. So point being, yeah, it is absolutely true. There's overlap between the generations. It's not that you know millennials are way over here on this side and boomers are way over on the other, but there are differences that do really shape recruiting and retaining and managing this generation that weren't around 20 years ago or, or 40 years ago.
0: Okay. Well, great. Thank you, Dr. Twenge. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. You're welcome. It was fun. (laughs) For more information on Twenge's research and to hear more episodes, go to our website, speakingofpsychology.org. With the American Psychological Association's Speaking of Psychology, I'm Audrey Hamilton.